Okay, folks, we are live. We are back. Dynasty Saturday Night Five. Uh, last week was kind of a bye week. Uh, we are you know. live. We are back. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, uh, my bad. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, uh, Josh and I were uh, we just really had a, had a rough week and, and just could not get uh, get the planning done that, that we needed to. Uh, and and so we're back this week after a bye week next week. Uh, but as you can see, uh, Josh is not here. Josh is at another wedding. Uh, and so I have with me uh, Troy, a.k.a. Voice and Fuego. How's it going, Troy? I'm doing well. I'm messing things up already. I was trying to keep the YouTube on the other one. and I thought I had it <laughs> muted and it kicked back on. So it shows you how much of a freaking amateur I am over here. No, I'm uh, I'm doing really well. I'm really excited to be here. I uh, I had a I had to put kind of a parts unknown background up because I'm I'm remodeling my office and so it's a mm -hmm. it's a disaster. But um, mm -hmm. I'm excited to be here. I've been trying to do some stuff for uh, for the site for a while and it just hasn't gotten together. My work schedule's been crazy. And then you you know you threw out that you needed somebody and it just happened that this was a good Saturday for me. So it's been busy, but I'm glad to be here. I think we have some good things to talk about too. And I think there's a lot of people that that are kind of in this spot with the. Uh, with all that's been going on this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening on audio, uh, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're watching us here on YouTube, either live or later, uh, when it's pre-recorded, uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, and maybe even turn on notifications. Just a reminder, what we do here on Saturday Night Five is uh, do lists of five as a way to talk about uh, Dynasty. Sometimes each host will have a, a list of five. Uh, tonight, though, we're doing a, sort of a core list of five that we're, we're both uh, going to talk about. Um, and tonight's uh, show, of course, is about uh, rebuilding. So just a couple folks saying hi here. Uh, friend of the show, Jamie, uh, checking in. Have a great show. Thanks so much. We'll see you later. Uh, and, uh, the infamous, uh, Shane Manila, uh, said he already subscribed, but I would, if I wasn't already just for Troy. Okay. So there you go. Uh, already Troy bringing in, uh, the, the big name, uh, big name listener <laughs> and, 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 and viewers. So, you know, uh, you're about halfway through the season <laughs> in, in, uh, uh, in fantasy this year, you probably should have decided whether or not you're rebuilding. Uh, by now, but if you're just deciding, or if you're in the process of it, uh, we're here to uh, we're here to help you do that. Uh, you don't want to make that big decision too late, uh, but either way, we're going to talk about um, what you should be doing now. So, just a little bit before we get into our, our list of five, just a little bit about rebuilding, Troy. So, you know, I think sometimes maybe we throw the word around too loosely, like a binary of rebuild and and contender. You know, so I might have a team where I'm not necessarily rebuilding. Uh, I might maybe call it like retooling. Maybe I had a middler and I'm like leveling down because that's easier to do than leveling up. And I don't want to be stuck in the middle. Maybe I, you know, for whatever reason with injuries might be like a fringe contender. So maybe I'm moving a few pieces only and it's not like down to the studs. But um, 
But those are some 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 different maybe kinds uh, of rebuilds and and you know different moves in different stages of rebuilds, right? Like you're going to make a different move at the beginning of a rebuild than you would at the end, you know, because if you're you're at the end, then you're saying oh, I'm probably going to compete in 2023, so the moves might look uh, a little different. So how have you how have you experienced those sort of different types of of uh, rebuilds and and maneuvers? So I think, I think the big thing, and you know, you're kind of saying you got to kind of make the decision by now, but shoot, after the last couple of weeks, you may be deciding this week that it's time to rebuild because you just lost Brees Hall and you've lost, you know, Williams earlier this year, Devontae Williams. And, and, you know, you're down a couple wide receivers. All of a sudden you went from a contender to a pretender and now you're going, well, what can I do? So maybe this is the time to really look in your heart and soul and say, well, I don't like you know, I don't like rebuilding. I don't like retooling, but, but it's time. And so then this is when you got to kind of kick the tires and say, okay, what's out there? Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. And it sucks. Like I have it. We were talking about pre-show. I have a championship team, a defending championship team. That's currently nine and five. Cause we use the, the middle score, uh, win loss as well, which I think it, it takes a lot of the luck out of the game. And if you like luck in fantasy football, then we're probably not in the league together because I like, I like skill because I spend a lot of time on this. And um, if, you know, my team's nine and five, it's really competitive, but man, I'm starting to get nervous. Uh, you know, I, I'm starting to think, you know, is it time that maybe I've got to trade and we'll talk about this a little later on, but do I need to trade one of these injured guys to somebody that's even worse to really load up? Because if I'm going to go for it, I got to go, but mm. if not, then, you know, it's time to pack up the belt and get it ready to ship to the next person and, <laughs> and you know, pick up what I can. Now, that league's a, a, a bad example because I also <laughs> managed last year to trade for what is going to be the first and third overall picks most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm already I – can, I can easily pivot on that team because I already am set for a rebuild or a reload no matter mm-hmm. what. But, you know, there's – like, I, you know, I've got a team that I, – I, I build a lot with the old guys because they can be cheap. And so I go through these cycles where you got to be smart, but you can, you can get into a rebuild pretty freaking quick. If you have a bunch of old guys and the, the father time takes them out or injuries take them out, you could be in a rebuild that quick. So don't ever, don't ever look at your team and go, I'm a winner. And then, and then keep that mindset, keep the blinders on because as things change on your team, you've got to be honest with yourself and say, mm-hmm. is this team a contender? Because the worst place to be is sixth place. Don't <laughs> yeah. be sixth place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, if you can reload next year without doing anything, then okay. But but really, you can probably make some moves that's going to make you even better. Yeah. Yeah, I have a couple of teams uh, where it's like it, we, I've kind of, you know, gone from contender to pretender for, what you know, you look at the points for, the points against, your roster, other people's rosters, and it's like, eh, you know. Let's let's uh, let's be honest. And so, you know, in general, you know, obviously you're in in a lot of rebuilds. You're looking to acquire youth and draft picks and in general, move some of some of the older pieces. And, you know, in general, you're, you know, looking for building around and super flex the quarterbacks. Um, Probably easier to do that in rookie drafts because they're expensive in trades. You you love your young wide receivers, uh, good tight ends and save running backs for last. I think a lot of people. Uh, know that already. I think it's important too if you're um, if you're in that rebuild cycle to really get to know the draft class, do your research on rookies, whether that's consuming podcasts or you know reading articles. I think uh, that's going to be good. So 
you know, if you're if you're trading for a pick that you think is going to be a, a mid first, like who do you think is really going to be there uh, at that pick now? You know, it's it's not Bijan, right? Uh, is it you know QJ? Is it you know that sort of thing? But also, and what do you think about this? And when I rebuild too, I'm not afraid to kind of flip it and do opposite. So say for example, I've already got a lot of a lot of bullets. I've already got a lot of draft capital, right? And there's a and there's a contender who might be say deep at wide receiver, and they're looking around and saying, "I got no draft picks for next year at all, right? I need something." Or they're saying, "I need maybe a few more uh, attractive pieces, like a few picks, to move to some of these rebuilders to get something because I'm left with nothing they want." So I'll I'll go the opposite way too. I'll go see, you know. What what's the price on say a contender who might have Khalil Shakir, right? Will they take two thirds? You know that sort of thing. And so I'm I'm not locked into one way. I'll I'll flip it sometimes. What do you think about that? Well, that's actually a great great example. Any any of the Buffalo receivers, honestly, that aren't that aren't you know the top two guys, Gabe Davis or uh, or Diggs, all those guys are still are still able to be had. Now you have to assume that they're going to, the thing is fantasy football is always a risk. No matter what your, what build you're going for. If it's like I said, hanging on to the older guys and hanging on too long and that bites in the butt, or you're going too young and it doesn't work out. But you know, I've got a lot of the, uh, the Buffalo receivers on my teams. I'm not a Buffalo fan at all. I, I don't really care to, to stock them up because they are such a run heavy team. Cause they're, you know, Josh Allen's one of the best, I like to joke that that he's one of the best running backs in the league. You know, he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna always be the top rusher for Buffalo. I think. Uh, unfortunately, uh, was hoping that James Cook would actually be a competitive running back there, right, Shane? Um, but that's just uh, not worked out. And but that's another guy. I'd go grab James Cook because people are are frustrated. I mean, if you're like Shane and I, and you're you know seventy five percent of your teams have a James Cook share, there's you know. We're hanging on, but most people aren't uh, aren't like us. They're uh, they're giving up and they're moving on. And so you can probably pick somebody like him up for a pretty low round pick. And that's something to keep in mind. Your picks aren't gold. Your picks are just as valuable for a player as they are to pick because um, because you can't like you're taking a risk no matter what. I mean, I've considered myself a good drafter, and I'm I'm not sure what my percentage is, but I hit pretty well in the first round. I hit okay on the second round. I used to do a show about drafting deep. And so I thought I was pretty good in the third, fourth and fifth round. And then I've had a couple of years that have just been atrocious. So, you you know, if you can pick up a James Cook for, you know, if you happen to have a late second because you have somebody else's pick and you're able to get him for that, you know, another year or so, he may be fine. I I really still believe in him. He's got the talent. I mean, he's got the bloodline. He is Dalvin's little brother. I'm not saying that every brother is as good. I mean, we've we've seen the McCaffreys. They're the whole family there, and only one of them was ever really, really good in in the pros. But I think James Cook is going to be a good football player, you know. And so there's guys like that all over the league. Kind of got on a a, a little Buffalo thought here, but but Mm -hmm. that's what you got to do is go look at those teams that are really good. And, and find the players that you think, you know, who's leaving next year? You know, what's going to open up? You know, I, normally I would say Kansas City would be a good option on this, but 
they've got a couple players that are here for a couple of years. And, mm-hmm. you know, Juju's supposed to, I think is only a one year. I don't see them re-signing him because they just keep adding more and more wide receivers for no apparent reason, you know, and, and that's not the best team because they spread it out. But, but look at teams like that, find the teams that have a Juju that's leaving next year, go figure out who that second, third wide receiver is and get that guy for pennies on the dollar because next year, that's going to be the – and it might cost you a pick. It might cost you a third or fourth-round pick. You have a better chance of getting that guy right than you do James Cook. You know, yeah, in the yeah. draft. Or, and, and certainly getting right the, the the third or fourth that, you know, right? I mean, you know, it is – picks will increase in value as they get towards the draft. Sure. And, when, and when the clock starts, right, you know, they're never more valuable than they are then, right? But at the same time, you know, thirds are, you know, they're like – they're currency, right? You know, They're like, add-ons. Yes, they're getting the deal done. Yeah. All right. So let's get in now to the our list of five, right? Our five big rebuilding tips. And what we decided to do this time was um, Troy very enthusiastically uh, said, "Listen, I got five right off the top of my head." So I said, "Okay, let's do it. Let's let's feature our our guest co-host. We're going to do Troy's five tips, and we're just going to instead of going back and forth and doing a total of ten, we're going to do a total of five and just." dig a little a little deep on them so your first one is aging down talk about that okay so i love the old guys um if you ever hear me i think you can get old guys cheap i think it's a great way to build championship teams um you know uh guys like like zeke who now is doing okay but he started the year slow but um but he uh, he was a guy that you could get relatively cheap in the offseason, relatively cheap early on. You know, those are guys that are great if you're going to win now. But if you got that guy and maybe some injuries have burned you, plus Zeke hasn't been playing well, now Zeke's hot. So if he has another hot week, then you've got to look at him and go, that's a guy I got to get out of here. And whatever that means for you. Now, mm-hmm. hopefully you have a, a, a Dallas Cowboys fan in your league and you can move that guy for maybe a first still. But if you could get a second for for Zeke, you're probably in a good place to grab something like that. And then if you can't get, maybe you can't get a pick, but you know, again, you can get a player that's in his, you know, in his in those first four years. See, um, I think you got to get a, a running back that's in that first contract range that maybe is a backup. But again, looking at contracts, um, figuring out who's got a shot to uh, be the guy next year. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we were talking about um, second contract running backs and generally wide receivers over over 27. I mean, these aren't hard and fast rules, but, you know, that's generally what we're looking at. Right. We're trying to move those and uh, and, and acquire different, acquire younger, acquire first contract, acquire draft capital, that sort of thing. Um, and that made me think a little bit about Josh Jacobs. Right. I wanted to get your, your opinion on this going into the season. You know, I'm not saying it was bad process, but, you know, uh, they drafted Zamir White. They didn't pick up his fifth year option and people were ready to bury Josh Jacobs. Right. Uh, He doesn't uh, he gets used in the Hall of Fame game, clutch the pearls, uh, and people are ready to bury Josh Jacobs. And my take was put some respect on Josh Jacobs name. He's still like not 25 yet. Alabama pedigree, first round pick. He's, he's, you know, going to get a lot of the touches. Zamir White's not very good at football. I wasn't worried, and I was scooping up some Jacobs. So here we are now. We're midseason. He's doing really well. I'm not saying he's someone to acquire as a rebuilder, right? But what I'm saying is he may get 
sort of a short, cheap contract and stay on the Raiders. So that mystery for me is kind of gone. And if someone tries to, like, you know, pull that shit in a trade, like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen to him next year. They didn't pick up a six-year contract. I'm saying get out of here. What, what do you think about Jacobs? So Jacobs has got to be the most polarizing player this year. I actually picked him up, I think, in the ninth round of uh, of Scott Fishbowl, which I got a really good team there this year if we can avoid some injuries. But I, I got him really late. And, yes, that's redraft and not, um, not dynasty, but it's a good way to look at it because if he's going – Ninth round in a in a single year startup, people are giving up on him. Um, not all dynasty players are like me and and pretty much exclusively play dynasty. Some still still love that redraft. And um, you know, you got to look at him, and there's gonna be he is the right guy for a contender right now. A contender that's out there needs Josh Jacobs, and he's a guy that could in the right team. And the, I mean, if you have a guy that's lost, you know, a couple running backs this year, which isn't out of the, the realm of possibility with all that. We're going through, like I said, I have a team that's exactly that. It's lost two running backs. I would, in fact, I might, in fact, have to go shop for some Josh Jacobs after this show because I kind of hadn't even thought about him, but that's actually a perfect fit for my contender team. And I might be, it's a one QB team, so I might be willing to give up a first for him and a single QB, but you you should be able to get a second for somebody like Jacobs. And that's huge. That's exactly what you need in a rebuild. Or again, if, if whatever you like, I, you know, I, I, I kind of get stuck in in a habit of of using the same guy over and over again. So whatever young running backs you like, problem is the ones that I would say you know maybe pair you know Jacobs with a pick even and get somebody like Brees Hall. But right now that's a little iffy. But you know, so going back to I still believe in James Cook. So I'm just going to use that example. You know, James Cook ain't great, but maybe you can get Josh Jacobs in and a second or Josh Jacobs in a decent third even. Or I'm sorry. You can trade. You can get a cook and a and a pick for Jacobs, or or get a better pick for Jacobs. Um, but yeah, that's that's a guy right now. If you're looking at him on your team, you got to make a move because something. I the writing's on the wall. Even if he resigns with the Raiders, I don't know that. Even though as good as he is this year, I don't want him there. There's something wrong. the The process was right, and what we saw is what we saw. So maybe they changed their opinions, but I don't. I don't trust Josh McDaniel. So that's part of my problem with him. So maybe that's sure. a bad process yeah. on my part, but he's going to end up somewhere else. And we live in the era of the running back by committee. And do you really want Absolutely. on your rebuild team to trust that Josh Jacobs is going to land on the right team? No, no. Yeah. Uh, not, not at all. Not at all. So, you know, I personally have been out on cook since pretty much day one. So he's, so he's not really an example that I would use, but um, but I, but I see where you're coming from. And, and in fact, if I'm, if I'm moving Jacobs to a contender, I might not, I might not even ask for a running back back, depending on how long my That's rebuild it looks, you know, if it, if it looks like a long rebuild and you know, someone's going to be, you know, 26, 27, by the time I'm competitive, you know, it may not be, but anyway, so the, the names that we're talking about here, you know, are, are guys like, uh, on the wide receiver front, Cup, Diggs, Tyreek, Adams, Evans, Cooper, Cooks, Lockett, Boyd, D-Hop. You can get stuff for these guys. As uh, as a rebuilder, Troy, on the running back side, what would you want for Chubb, Derrick Henry, or Mixon? So I'm a big Chubb guy. Um, boy, that sounds bad. Um, Dick Chubb is, is the running back that I want 
on a lot of my teams. He's just quietly good, and he's consistently good. Derrick Henry, you should have gotten out on a year or so ago. Um, and Mixon, Mixon is one of those guys like Jacobs that I would I would shop him. You know, the thing is, you got to be a little bit persistent when you're in this situation, and you got to go and take a guy like Mixon, and you got to shop at every contending team for a first. And just see if you get anybody that bites. Maybe somebody counters with a second plus or a third plus something you like. Then you got your deal. Um, maybe they get all declined and you go back through and you offer a second to everybody, you know, mm-hmm. or you, you offer four a second from everybody and just see what happens. I think you can still get that for Mixon. I think you can still get that for Henry because of his name. And that's a guy you got to get out on soon. He's had a lot of hits. Um, you know, I just <sighs> – I just I think I'm out on him as much to me. Chubb, I'm still in on. Um, it looks like they're going to trade Hunt. That's going to give you more to Chubb. Although they've got a good stable of running backs there, so Chubb is may get a little more, but not much. But that should be really if if Hunt gets traded before your trade deadline, Chubb's value is going to go up, and that's the time to move to get mm-hmm. that extra value. But he's definitely a guy that used to be worth two first. Now maybe you can get a first for him. Maybe you can get, like I said, a second. But you've got to go through, and you've got to market those guys for what you think is worthwhile, but you're going to have to send it to pretty much every contender. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do the work. You know, you got to do mm-hmm. the legwork, and that's sometimes the hardest part. And then wide receivers is even harder because – I mean, look how good Cooper Cup is. Do you really want to trade him? Maybe he's a, a piece that you can really build on. But, but you know, the rest if of If I'm early in my rebuild, I am. And, yeah. and, I, and I know it's, a, it's an unpopular decision probably because I have him lower than, than a lot of people. Um, I just, you know, listen, I know he's hella good. Like, I know he gets the targets. He's 29. I don't like the quarterback to have too many good years past this, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I, I can't say, okay, I'm going to, you know, in two, two and a half years when I, you know, I think I'm in a position to be a, a competitor. I'm going to want cup on my team because then if I did, if I do, you know, he's not as productive and also his trade value is lower. So I don't know. He's a guy I'd look to move if I was, especially early in a rebuild. And he's going to get you way more value than than you could dream of. Um, I know before we started the show, somebody said that they had a deal. What was it for Fournette? They uh, they they what they pick up? They they traded Fournette for Etienne straight up. Yeah, that's that's a deal I'm doing. Etienne's a guy. I know you're not big on him, and I I haven't been. And he was a guy that was hurt and everybody was out on and now everybody's back in, but he's got one of those, he's got a rare best situation and it's odd because he wasn't drafted by the current organization old build, you know, but he is still a guy that this organization, this, this group, this GM, this coach seems to like, and that's Mm, very exciting to me Mm -hmm. because that's a player that I'm going to go out and get. That's a much better example than James Cook. If you can go out and get ETN for any of the guys we're talking about or ETN plus, that's what you want to do from a contender. And then, and it, and it may be trading a wide receiver for a running back or, or, you know, find you a young wide receiver. You like, those are usually a little easier to get, especially in the, the running back world we're in right now. But, um, you know, all the old guys, Zeke's got to go for whatever you can get. I still like Monty. I think he could be a cornerstone. And that's the thing is you got to look at these guys. You got to go, is this guy a guy, like you were saying, that I can have in two or three years? You know, somebody's um, NBA rigs um, mentioned on a different team, Jacobs could still be productive. Yeah, he could. Um, I'm not saying that, that Jacobs is trash by any means. I think he's a very, very good running back. I think he's in a very bad situation, even with what he's doing. It scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Kenneth Walker is another one that was just mentioned in the chat. Um, 
shoot, I mean, I'm probably a little higher on Walker than ETN, but that's another guy that that you. I should don't. Be but yeah, but like, are contenders really parting with him? You know, like I think I think they could be because. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you're right. Well, I don't know. I see. I saw Walker go off a contender earlier today um, in a league that I'm in. Would um, they get back? Um, well, I mean, like as far as like they better have gotten a, a high end running back back. No, like a like a Saquon he would, or a... He, he got a quarter. It was a deal that involved a quarterback, oh, so okay. that was that was part of it. But I mean, I, gotcha. yeah. you know, I mean, look at the quarterback situations right now. I am I and Scott Fish. I'm starting PJ Walker and somebody I can't even remember, but it's it's another one of those uh those two quarterbacks that sh- that weren't even in my my scope to start the year. I ran with Cooper Rush for a while. You know, there's yeah, yeah. people out there that that need. You know, you might have a quarterback. That Very true. Yeah. And, and quarterbacks yeah. are always dangerous to trade, but you know, if you have one of these older quarterbacks, maybe you can flip them for for somebody like an ETN or or Kenneth Walker or somebody like that. Man, those are um yeah. If you've Those got Cousins, Carr, Stafford, like these are these are are, are, are good candidates to but move. But we're getting ready to roll over, um, you know, what we've been talking about. We've talked about Chubb and Henry and Mixon, Aaron Jones, Cook, Kamara, Fournette, Monty, Zeke. The list goes on and on. Running backs are getting old. There's going to be a change, you know, coming soon. There's going to be a, a changing of the guard. We're seeing it with quarterbacks right now. We had the old quarterbacks. Now we're getting younger. The running backs are coming up in that. We're seeing it a little bit in the wide receivers. Wide receivers, you don't notice quite as much because there's so many of them. But um, I know we need to go ahead. But, you know, it's it's just the important thing is is sometimes you got to let these older guys go for less than you want. Yes. But you got to let them yeah. go. Don't, yeah. don't, don't love them too much. So, you know, and it was hard for me with a lot of guys because when we started out some dynasty leagues early on, like I loved Peyton Manning. He was one of the first guys I drafted, but I should have let him go a long time before I did. I think he retired on my team. And that's not always, that's not always a bad thing, but you know, you gotta, you love your players. That's great. But sometimes you got to win the money too. Yeah. And that, that was sort of my, my final point on this was like, don't be afraid to take 75 cents on the dollar for some of this stuff. Right. Don't always be obsessed with winning every trade. If it helps your team to move a guy like Thielen or, you know, Isaiah McKenzie or A-Rob or Jamal Williams or Damian Harris or Daryl Henderson, James Conner, and and you're not, you know, you're getting 75, 80 cents on the dollar, just swallow it. It's improve your situation. Get it, get it, get it done. Um, Before we move on to the next point, just want to say hi to friend of the show, Julia, NBA Rigged. Uh, happy to see us uh, back on a Saturday night and welcoming uh, specifically Troy as well. Uh, hold on. I, I clicked the wrong one. There we go. Eh, good to see you, Troy. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Julia's a friend of the show. She watches uh, uh, pretty much uh, pretty much every uh, every week. Uh, Kyle uh, at Fenra says uh, on Twitter, another going for two uh, family member checking in and saying hi. Thanks for. Thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for being here. All right. So second uh, rebuilding tip, working the waiver wire. Kick us off on that. Boy, this is probably my favorite one, and this is the one that's the most work. Um, yeah, it's a lot to send out a lot of trade offers and it gets frustrating when they get rejected. But, man, you got to be on those waivers. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you have – you're in leagues that use um, – they use money for, for waivers instead of, uh, instead of waiver wire positioning. Mm-hmm. I can't do, I can't do waiver wire positioning anymore because, and hopefully it's every day. It's not, I know I'm in some leagues where they run on Wednesday morning and then it's free for all after that. 
But like, I don't work in front of a computer. So I love leagues where waivers run every day because it gives you more opportunity. If you're in leagues like that, um, well, if you're in a league that has free for all and you have the ability to be on your phone or computer, whenever, you know, make sure you are, because if you hear of news, you got to jump on it little or big. If you got, you know, you're the last three spots in your bench have to be fluid. Those are guys you just got to move as time goes on, but everybody's for sale when you're in a, when you're in a rebuild. So you go to the waiver wire and the first guy out you pick up and it's, it's the hot running back of the week. Trade that sucker. He's never going to be more valuable than he is right now. I mean, he could be, but, but percentage wise, you've got the most value you're going to get right now. You know, look at what happened with Chuba Hubbard and, uh, oh, help me out here. Dante uh, Foreman. Yes, Foreman. Um, Foreman's never had more value, I don't think, than he does right now. Maybe in the early years, but he uh, he's pretty valuable right now. And Chuba had some nice movement last week. So um, go look at some of the trade calculators out there. and Or not trade calculators, sorry, but like uh, – Trade finders. Work, yeah, and see the trade finders and, uh, yeah. and see what people are getting and then make some similar deals in your leagues for guys like that. And then you got to be moving them, though. You got to be ready. Um mm-hmm. You know, Hasty's another one that's a great example that that you came up with for the sheet. I kind of overlooked him. I did pick him up in a couple weeks. I was getting him even yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. People just weren't going on Hasty. And if um, I don't care, and with what, running back injuries, you can flip them for a third or something. Oh, like go yeah, just go like for this it. all day yeah. long. Just keep moving them. Grab one and move it. Grab the next. And you know, I I don't care what format you play on. I'm not I'm not here for that conversation. Um, but if you play on sleeper, they make it easy. They've got their top pickups listed right along the side. You go, you look, you go click, 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 and you're good to go. You grab those pickups, you trade them off, you know, you build up whatever picks you can. Because if you get five or six third rounders, maybe you can put a third with something else to get a second. Or, mm-hmm, you know, you mm-hmm. you work, you gotta you gotta be smart and, and work it all the way around. You can't just go, okay, well, I got that third round pick, I'm done. No, mm-hmm. that third round pick now goes with the next guy you pick up and you use that to get somebody second. And mm-hmm. they're thinking they've got a low second anyways because they're a contender, so they're not as tied to it as they might be. So you got to be constantly flipping um, people. Latavius Murray was another good example you came up with, um, but yeah, you got to you just got to be quick and got to move mm-hmm. them, get them and move them. Don't hang on to them because the longer you hang on to them, their value starts to go down. Yeah, and 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 uh, sort of as a sub point to that, you're saying uh, look even beyond this week, like. Okay, fine. Pick up Hasty, pick up Marquise Goodwin, flip him to somebody with injuries and buys and that sort of thing. But you're saying look further on. Yeah, so there's a there's all sorts of good resources out there depending on what you like. I like JJ Zachary Ryerson. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I read his 15 transactions or listen to the pod. I'm in my car about 40 hours a week. So Ooh. I listen to his I listen to a lot of pods and I love his 15 transactions. It's redirect. But that works in Dynasty. And that's something else to keep in mind is, is you need to listen to, if you've got time where you can listen to pods, you need to be listening to redraft pods, um, like some of the stuff on this channel, plus, you know, like Fancy Focus. You know, it's, it's a lot of it you hear it and you go, how, is, how has somebody not done something with that guy already? Or that guy's not available in my league. These guys, I don't know what kind of leagues they're talking about. But yeah. it's still good to listen to because every now and again, somebody will slip through. You know, listen to your dynasty podcast and listen to your college shows, the shows that go a little deeper, because then that helps you to know what you're looking at coming up. Mm-hmm. But in this case, um, he had mentioned Khalif Raymond and yeah, on man. the Lions. I would have never thought of that. Um, 
but that's what he gets paid to do. He spends every day, all day long, you know, figuring out these little, these little things that the rest of us are missing because we have, you know, we have jobs outside of fantasy and, and we're not that fortunate. So that's a good example because they're down a couple of wide receivers. Um, the sun God is out because of um, a concussion and he was still having, what is it? Uh, eczema or something. I can't remember how he pronounced, but um, anyways, let me see if I can find it really quick. Um, he exhibited ataxia, which is um, poor muscle control that causes clumsy movements. So he's Ooh. still in the concussion protocol. Yeah, he yeah. could be ready by tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen anything that he is. But um, even if he's back, um, Khalif Raymond's worth a shot. So that's a guy you pick up now because if he goes off, you might be able to flip him before people realize that he may deteriorate right away because mm-hmm. once people come back, he's going to fall into his spot. But those kind of guys, you got to find one. You need to, again, if you have sleeper, look deep on that ad list because sometimes deeper on that ad list, there are you know people are starting to figure out who they think are going to be worthwhile and you can kind of look at that and then research that player and see if that's the guy that you can get easier because he's not on the top of the list he's not as many people are thinking about him and that that guy you're going to get him cheaper if you're using fab you're going to um the money like i talked about the money waivers um if you get him on fab if you're using a um a waiver spot maybe you've already went through waiver a couple of times and you're at the bottom now that's still a guy that you can get at the bottom or if it, if it goes to free for all, then he's he might still be out there. Um, I actually looked in one of my very active dynasty leagues. He's available right now. Um, so don't always think um, don't always think that oh I missed it. It's it's Thursday. There's no way this guy is available. You got to go out and check. You know, di- use Dynasty Planet. See which teams you know that you have him on, or or you know I think you can use. There's tools within my fantasy league to see um, what teams have him. I know Sleeper now. You type in somebody's name and it'll list all your leagues and it'll show yeah. you mm-hmm. um, where you have them, where you don't. I mean, these are, use the tools in your, in the format you use. And I don't use Yahoo or ESPN. So if they have these kind of tools, great. I don't, I've moved on from those. They're just not for me anymore. So I'm, I've moved on to the more dynasty stylings. Um, so, so yeah, so check out, use the tools that are in the system and, and make your life easier, but, but look for guys like that, that are going to get a shot this week, but, you can get this weekend before they, they hit everybody's waivers list next week. Right on. I love it. So related to that, uh, before we pivot to the next one, uh, when we talk about churning uh, the roster and stuff, it, it, it not necessarily waivers, but if you've got, you know, spike weeks from guys like Eno or Paris Campbell or Duvernay, right. You can, you can get more for them than they're really probably worth. So, so capitalize uh, on that. Um, your next tip, knowing your league mates. Okay. So, uh, this kind of came up in a conversation between you and I, so I want to kind of reword it a little bit, know your league mates. So for example, if you play in a, lane, a league with Shane Manila, um, he's a huge, um, he's a huge Eagles fan. You I've might heard. Be able to get, you might be able to get a little more on an Eagles player from Shane than you would from Kyle, you know, or from me because, um, because that's a guy that he likes in real life. I don't. I don't necessarily say that I have a team. I'm more for players and teams at this point in my life. So I don't, I try not to have, but I get it. I fall in love with certain players. So if you know, if I'm in love with a certain player, then like, um, like I was in love, I, I was, I was touting Eno Benjamin before the season. If you'd have had Eno Benjamin early on, I probably would have given you a third round pick for him early in the year. Now you probably can't get him for a third, but you know, I would have, 
I would have sold him or I would have bought him, you know, all season long. But there's going to be guys like like Shane in every league. There's always a Cowboys fan. Find the Cowboys fan um, and and trade him. If you're selling off, trade him all your Cowboys players because they're always going to give you a little bit more. And so when I first started talking to Brian about this, I, I said, you know, squeeze out the little bit of extra milk your, your league mates. And I don't want it to sound like that, but you do have to get as much value as you can because if you're in a rebuild, you need um, – oh, yeah, Eno's going for a third easy. Um, sorry, there was a, a comment. And, yeah, he's going for a third easy. I love Eno Benjamin still. I, I think would say get even. I, would, I got more. I got more. I'm like he's intriguing and he's flashed, but he's a five nine day three pick who's had chances. He's probably going to be in a committee with Keontae Ingram next year. Uh, if Connor gets back, he's going to get carries. Darren Williams isn't dead. Like I, like if I can move him for late second. I'm on it. And you probably should because as much as you, because I could say the other side of that is, well, Connor and and the rest of them could be gone next year, but then this is the team that Josh Jacobs lands on and he blows up all my plans for, you know, Benjamin because now Josh Jacobs is a primary back. Sorry, I jumped off um, onto a little thing there, but yeah. um, I mean, winning teams are are grabbing, you know, right now, but there may be some rebuilding teams that, that like what they're seeing and he's young and he's, you know, a viable back, there may be rebuilders that are out there offering a third form. He's kind of an interesting case study because he's not your normal get rid of player, but he's just a guy that if, if you know, you post him on the trade block and if somebody comes to you with something, he's gone, you know, if, if that's where you're at with your team. Now, like I said, I'm hanging on to Eno Benjamin. I'm probably picking him up if he's cheap in places because that's a guy that I like. But again, that's where you can milk from me. That now I wanted to get him in one league and guy wanted a second. I won't do it. But if you knew that I was in your league and you knew that you had Eno Benjamin and you're fine with a third or or you know a third and some other player that I may not want because I'm gonna have to drop somebody anyways mm-hmm. to probably make space for Eno, you know, that's the guy that you want to find because you're gonna get more value from me than you are from Brian for Eno Benjamin. Because it's a guy that I want to hang on to and I want to see what he's got for the next couple of years. So know your league mates. Know, especially if they write or if they're on Twitter a lot, look at their Twitter and see who they're touting. You know, those are the guys that you need to get with right away to to, uh, make it happen. Because you just got to get all, like I keep saying, just get everything you can. Because everything's value that you just put together in another box and you send it to the next person. Maybe maybe it's Eno Benjamin and a a third get you a second with me. Because I'd probably do that because I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. that's a good example of that. Yeah, and and when it comes to knowing your league mates, uh, you know, beyond like teams or, or players, they're you know they're in love with. Think about like their their philosophy, right? You know, uh, and how they like to how they like to trade and what positions they tend to load up on or that sort of thing. Or you know, well, first of all, just pause for a second with with Shane and the Eagles thing. You might you might get less for Eagles players with Shane the way he talks about the Eagles. So I, I don't know if that's a if that's a, a correlation. But um, you know, is is there a Packers fan who likes Christian Watson, for example, uh, and you know, still a, or maybe they're just a Watson truther? Know what I mean? Uh, could you get him for a second now? You probably could. I mean, you know, I mean, could you get a second for him? You probably could. You only probably invested what one ten at the most in them anyway. Like the, you know, let's do it. You know what? I'll I'll you know I'll move Watson. 
I'll take my second and I'll, and I'll, and I'll move forward. Um, you know, and, and that, and that's fine for me. Yeah. And that's a good point. Don't get take locked either. Oh, but I paid a first. So what it's over. That's I what I say. Argument. I think yeah. on the going for two discord about this, I don't give two, you know, you know, what's about, um, about, um, ADP, especially by this point in the season. Maybe week two, okay, fine. I, I can see you playing the ADP, but it's a tool to help you kind of get the total value of the guy. But you need to kind of see an ADP that of of legitimate mock drafts from like right now, because I don't care if you paid a like you're saying I don't care if you paid a one ten rookie draft pick for him if he's third round value now he's third round value you know and maybe mm-hmm. maybe people won't sell him but if you like you said. You can't get take locked in. Well, I, I paid a first. I got to get a first. Well, then you're never going to get your rebuild yeah. right because mm-hmm. you're not going to get rid of the players you need to move on from. Yeah, people. What I, I I totally agree with that. It, uh, sometimes it's called a sunken cost fallacy. Yes. Yeah, you know. But like, and people are like, you know, oh well, uh, it's you know, I invested this much in him. I have to get some kind of return. Like, as far as I'm concerned, as soon as you make that trade, the prior trade, that's over. It's gone. What you paid for him is gone now, right? It's all about what what somebody is 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 doing is doing today, and and what you can what you can get from today. Now, if you think there's a really good chance, if you hold, you can get more later. Of course, do that, right? But you know, don't get don't get caught up in 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 what you paid for him. Um, so, tip number four: picking up injured players uh, for older, similar ones. So this can be dangerous, um, very yes. dangerous. Um, I got bid on Cam Akers, but I don't think Cam Akers is dead yet. Cam Akers actually is a guy that, depending on your league mates, I mean, depending on how cheap he gets, if he's like falling to third-round value with some people, and he might be. I, I haven't looked, but I know that with the Rams saying that they're not going to play him the rest of the year, a lot of people, you know, they have to move him. If, if they are in a league where you can IR players that are out, then they're moving him on and off every week. And they may be getting tired of doing that because they're having to cut somebody every week um, or something like that. So somebody like him, sometimes people just want to get rid of. So he's a guy that you could grab for super cheap, but I would be, he's not, he's not perfect for this example because he's already back from injury, but he's kind of in the same way that he's not being utilized. But the, the best example is CMC, man. Everybody was out on him and it was hard because People like me that that had CFC, CMC or like CMC were not going to trade him for a discount. We were going to ride it out um, because most leagues have IR and Dynasty, so you could. Um, but if you could find an owner that was done, then you know you're you're sitting pretty good with CMC right now. Now his leg might fall off next week. That's what everybody seems to think is going to happen. I I, <laughs> I, still, I think he's going to be the number one running back in in fantasy every year. Now if he is or not, who knows? But um, you know, I, I, I'm not, those are the guys that I want to go out and get, um, you know, look at the players that are out there that are hurt right now. And and you've got to do research on the injury and the comeback rate. But, but remember that medicine's getting better every year. And, and there are people that, that overcome. I mean, the perfect example is Adrian Peterson, who tore 18 ACLs and, and came back every year, ready to go. You know, it wasn't that many, but it sure felt like it. He was, he had a couple of season ending injuries that should have knocked people out for, multiple seasons and he was back in the next year. And of course he's a, he's an outlier. Sure. And, and so you've got to kind of balance the outliers with those that have gotten hurt, but you also got to look at the talent of, of those that got hurt and, and stayed out, you know, was it more because the team knew they could move on from them or was it because they spent 
first round draft capital. I'm looking at you, Brees Hall, and they're going to give him every chance they can get to uh, to get back out there. And I mean, the Jets are going to try to get everything they can from Brees Hall. He's going to get a shot as soon as he's healthy, I assume, mm-hmm. next year. But look at Javante Williams. He just didn't come back. And, you know, he came back, played a couple games back out. Sometimes these injuries lead to other injuries. That's what happened with CMC. He had an injury, came back, got hurt again. You know, you got to pay attention to how many of these injuries can uh, can turn into something else. Are they soft tissue injuries? Are they something that, that is recurring often? You know, you got to you got to kind of look at all that. But players are never cheaper than they are sitting on the IR. Yeah. So let me ask you a question then. As long as we're talking about Brees and Javante, what do you what are we doing with them? Say you're in the position of you're a rebuilder, and maybe you know you're saying I can contend in 24, and so. You know, uh, Hall is 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 intriguing, or Javante is intriguing because supposedly second year after the ACL is the year to have them. Look at Saquon, right? Or even if you're just saying like I can get them now and flip them for more uh, it, before 2023 season starts, even if I'm, you know, no matter where I am in my in my rebuild, what are you willing to pay for them now? And if you're the contender who says they're not scoring points for me. Let me ship them off to somebody who can who can wait it out. What do you want for them? It's it's so hard. I mean, I'm every my teams that have I'm just I'm just so upset. <laughs> Especially the team that I have both of them. It's like it's mm. like what do you do? Mm. You know, and and that's a contender team. And and I, man, there's a good chance that I might go out and and get one of these guys that we're talking about that you need to be flipping as a contender. I may be willing to trade a Brees Hall for Alvin Kamara or something. So if you have Kamara sitting on your roster and he's having a good year and you go to a contender, look, he's not going to, they're not going to this year. They're probably not going to get to court. They're most mm-hmm. likely, he's most likely going to play the whole year. You might, you know, they're going to know, I wouldn't bring it up, but they're going to know they're going to have to deal with it probably next year. But I would, you know, I'd say, Hey, I've got this beautiful Alvin Kamara that's running wild, you know, here have him and I'll take Brees Hall. Um, you know, I, I honestly, if I was out of it, I would do the same thing with Saquon. He, he hasn't hit that, that second contract yet, but he's not far off from it. And I still, I still think Brees Hall is going to have more value than Saquon Barley Barkley a year from now. Uh, I could be wrong. Javante scares me a little bit, but probably the same thing. I'd, I'd probably try to flip, you know, Camara for Javante in a pick. Um, if you can get it, um, I would definitely look at that, but you know, if you got, this is a perfect example of plus if and this is important guys know your league are you in a league where it's record or are you in a league where it's max potential points because if these guys are on your on your team scoring points if Kamara's on your team scoring points it could cost you a draft pick it could make you go from 101 to 102 or 103 and then you've got a different world of problems so you also want to look at how can i better my situation so mm-hmm. if, yeah yeah if I'm get the points player, off your yeah, roster. Get, get the, the points, points off, off your, your roster. roster. <laughs> and sometimes you again, 75 cents on the dollar because those points may be the difference between getting yeah. that quarterback you need, that young quarterback, or getting you know that second tier running back or or uh wide receiver because you fall to 103, 104, 105, whatever, depending on how many because it depends on how many teams are kicking the bucket in your league, too. I mean, I've been in leagues where four teams were contending and eight teams were were chasing the bottom. And boy, those are fun because boy, everybody's training. <laughs> and, but yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not the usual. Usually, it's there's some mix mm-hmm. of it. 
Um, there's the guy that, that tries to contend every year if they should or not that usually throws that average off. But, you know, you, you put on here Elijah Mitchell, and I don't really have an opinion on him. That San Francisco is going to be interesting with CMC now. Um, but, again, CMC has this injury-prone label. So if you're somebody that believes that CMC is injury-prone, then I would look at somebody like – So you know, with up. Elijah Mitchell, I just happen to think people were – so willing to 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 bury him. So any chance they get to bury Elijah Mitchell, they're they're looking for it. Oh, they reached for a horrible running back called uh, you know TDP in the draft. Oh, we're gonna ready to bury Elijah Mitchell, right? I think the Shanahan thing is a little overblown. Very much. You know, like he, you know, like Elijah Mitchell was getting a huge percentage of the RB touches, you know, and now CMC, but like CMC between age and injuries and and that sort of thing. Like Elijah Mitchell is better than Jeff Wilson. When Elijah Mitchell comes back, he's gonna have a role, right? And we know, you know? that he's we know that he's gonna be considered over over other running backs on that team because we've seen it. He's gonna be behind CMC. And I'm not a I'm not somebody that believes in handcuffing. So please don't take it as I'm saying you should get Elijah Mitchell if you have CMC because he's a handcuff. But I do believe in handcuffing if that handcuff has individual value or is the locked-in player to take over. And I do believe that if Mitchell comes back healthy, he would be the locked-in player for um, San Francisco behind CMC. Now, Jeff Wilson's there, so that might mess that up a little bit. But, you know, this this is kind of like the the um, Cowboys. You know, they have a you got an option where you have a locked-in player that has individual value, but if Zeke goes down, then Tony Pollard is super valuable, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that's a time that if you have Zeke, you want to have Pollard. You know, if you if you have Cook, you want to have you know his backup because there's a definite line there plus individual work. So you know there there are running backs like that, and you do have to kind of look at that too. And actually, and that's not this isn't on the sheet, but bonus tip: if you know of these running backs, so one thing I didn't put on here, but I want to hit really quick. That's kind of along this line. You've probably heard the term zero RB. If you're not real familiar with it, it doesn't mean don't have running backs on your team. In fact, most zero RB runs that I've had have more running backs than any other position because you're grabbing all of them. You're getting all the low end ones. You're getting the Elijah Mitchells before he was hurt. You know, you're getting everybody. You're grabbing everybody you can hoping for an injury because when that injury happens, you flip the player. It goes back to what we're talking about. So when you're in a rebuild, it's a really good time to look up zero RB strategies and looking up those second tier running backs that you might be able to capitalize on that you might be able to trade for cheap. And then when somebody gets hurt or when they get a better opportunity next season, you can flip them for more. So that's, that's kind of a, a bonus tip that goes along with watching for injuries is, and I guess we kind of have that on here in the last one. Sorry, Brian, but no, okay. they're not really, we're going to talk about locked in positions here in a second, but they're not really locked in, but they're the guys that, that as a rebuilder, you should be trying to, to mm-hmm. grab. And, and again, you got to be fluid with the back end of that roster. So you got to be able to, to move some people around, but I would definitely be looking at those kind of players that might get an opportunity. And the minute they do, you can, you know, Benjamin's again, a great, op, a great example mm-hmm. because right. he was a low end guy that was free and you could have grabbed him up early and now he's got value and you can move on from it. Right. So um, I'll tell you about a, a couple guys uh, I was thinking of uh, for this, and I don't think you, you agree with this. I'm a little concerned because I think it's the same foot twice, um, but Hollywood. And so I was making a deal in – it was a Debbie league, so there's – you know, but, but you know, essentially I was moving Chubb 
And the way the pieces fit, I was the, the, the other person, the other manager was either going to be piling up smaller pieces, right? Or I could have Hollywood and then the dominoes fall and we're good. And what I did was I moved Tyler Boyd right off the big, big week before I knew Chase was injured, but I don't think it makes it that big, big a difference. But I'm, I, I added Tyler Boyd to give him a body to replace Hollywood for, for six weeks. And, you know, all told with the total I got, it included some, you know, high value Debbie running back, et cetera. I think I think I did pretty well. You don't happen to be a, a fan of Hollywood per se, but I mean, he's the type of person that I'm trying to get from contenders because you give them a body to score points for six weeks and you get somebody who ain't going to put points on your roster for six weeks. Yeah. And I, I the more I've thought about this, it, he kind of falls into our next the next section we're going to talk about in that he's going to have a spot when he comes back. So there is some value for him. I just wouldn't be paying. I hope you're not. Obviously, if you're not, a, if you're trying to rebuild, you should be paying below value anyways. That's how you're going to get the most out of it. You can't be paying, you know, wide receiver one value for him. I don't even know if you pay wide receiver two value for him, but if you can sneak him for, you know, a hot wide receiver, like, you know, what we're talking about, one of these guys that are coming in and you can flip him out. Honestly, I don't hate Tyler Boyd for him because Boyd right now is another guy that you should be trading. Um, that's a good example. Kyle just said he traded away Brown as a contender for Terry McLaurin in a 23 fourth. Now I'd rather have McLaurin, but you know, that's, that's probably a good move for both sides. Um, mm -hmm. but I'm always so. looking yeah. at it from the contender side too. So I think that's part of the problem. Um, but man, uh, you know, uh, it was asked who has more dynasty value, Benjamin or Jalen Warren. Warren's a good example too, because we haven't heard about him a lot after that first couple of weeks because Pittsburgh's a mess more so than I've ever, that I can ever think of in my lifetime. I'm 42 years old. And I don't ever remember. I get probably been watching football really, really closely for about 15 years or so, 20 years. And, um, and I just don't remember Pittsburgh being this, this much of a mess. So it just, again, it depends on who's in your league. Do you have somebody that's been touting him this year? Have you, do you have somebody that, that uh, mm -hmm. is a Pittsburgh fan? Cause yeah, you might have that value there, but right now probably, Eno Benjamin, because he is the starter. Yeah. Right yeah, now, as much as I was throwing a little shade on, you know, before, yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, over Warren pretty easily for me. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's a good guy to have if you're in a rebuild because he just needs one week and he's going to get it. I think. Talking about Warren. Yeah. Yeah. If you have him, that's a guy that you get as a throw in. That's a good example of somebody that when you're shopping these teams, I, when I was shopping, I was getting, Eno as throw ins. Now I'd be looking for Jalen Warren as a throw in if I can get him. You might yeah, have when him. I'm when I'm moving some of these running backs, um, you know, I said earlier in the show, running backs last in a rebuild and all that, but you do need bodies to fill the roster spot. If you're, if you're, if you're, if your uh, starting lineup has, you know, you know, two running backs, you need bodies. You can't have nobody there. Right. So, you know, yeah, sure. Toss in a Warren, toss in a, yeah. you know, you're not going to score and, and much points. He's a so body for me. Guy. So my roster isn't invalid. And then, right. you know, Najee breaks an ankle and there you go. Boom. And he's and gone. I, yeah. Yeah, so um, let's then let's then move to uh, your 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 fifth and final tip: players in a locked-in role but who aren't producing. You have one on here who I would say a lot of people say is producing. Well, he is now, but go back last year. So oh, I right. yeah. I overpaid. I was told that I overpaid for Jalen Hurts a lot. <laughs> um, 
I'm okay with my overpays now. Sometimes you have to overpay to get yeah. the guy to make it look like a value later. Um, I think that's a dynasty nerdsism. Um, I, I, I picked up Jalen Hurts in a couple of trades that I ran him through a couple of calculators and calculators are only tools. They are not absolutes. Let me be clear, but they are a good place that if you're not sure if it's, if you're trying to figure out if, if the hype is real or whatever, just kind of look at it and, and places you trust, then you can take that value. Um, Jalen Hurts, I picked up cheap. You could trade him for, I, I mean, as much as 10 times right now, probably than oh, what for you sure. paid for him yeah. last year. Mm -hmm. And, um, you put on here another player that has been very polarizing because he's been so bad this year and it goes back to Pittsburgh being a mess, but Kyle Pitts, that is a good one. I'll, I'll let you take that one. What do you, uh, what do you think there? I know there's a lot of people that are still on. I've, I've, I've got a few shares I'm, I'm holding. So what are you doing? So I put, I put Pitts on here cause I think he, he fits into the, the, the language of the tip locked in role, not performing. Right. So Arthur Smith's a mess. The quarterback Desmond Ritter ain't it either, you know? Um, so is there some concern? Sure. Absolutely. Um, do I think that they might be bad enough to, you know, draft a, a quarterback highly though? It's possible. It's possible. Is the player really talented and, and young? And we, we saw him have a thousand yards last year. Yeah, absolutely. So if I have a Kelsey, a Kittle, you know, um, a Hawkinson, right? Now, it depends, you know, who you're moving and what you have to add. But, you know, and that contender has pits and pray for rain, as they used to say, right, in baseball, right? Like, you know, two two or three starters and then pray for rain. Like, you know, especially injuries, buys, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll kick the tires. I'll, I'll, I'll see how much I can get pits because the ceiling we know is high. Are, are you a little more skeptical? So I've never been as high on Kyle Pitts as a lot of people. I I kind of went through this, and I know, and people are going to kill me for this, and I know he's he is literally the most talented tight end that we've seen in years. I get it. But, you know, we went through this with, um, with like, Hawkinson, and he's great. And and I think Pitts is going to be great. I think Pitts is probably going to be a locked-in top-five tight end. And, and depending on what your league does, he may have – that value for a long time, but you know, we waited a long time for Hawkinson to come into something that was even usable. Yeah. And, and even now people say, well, is he any, yeah. is he any better than that other, that group of everybody that isn't Andrews and Kelsey? You right. Know, no, he's, he's not what he's not what we, I think it's time for us to admit he's good, but he's not the stud we thought he might've been. He, he's not the next Kittle. So the problem with Pitts is, is the hype is real. And I don't think you're going to be able to get him at a discount. You might, and you might look, and it's like you're saying, you got to kick the tires and just see where people are at. But most people that have Kyle Pitts aren't parting with Kyle Pitts because they're all in. They're going to, uh, they're going to wait until, until, you know, the wheels fall off on him to, to make a movie. They're going to say, well, I guess I was wrong five years from now, or finally it took three years, four years, whatever. But that's the thing is, is Pitts is going to end up, he, even if he does end up being Kelsey, he's still going to have that three-year window. Tight ends have – and maybe he would have been better with a better QB, but I don't get hyped on tight ends until their third year. He's coming into that, you know, next year, right? So maybe that's his breakout year. Maybe he doesn't really need a breakout year. He needs a quarterback. Fine. But maybe he gets that next year, you know. 
maybe it's maybe it is Hooker, maybe it is whoever they draft. I don't care. But there's a few quarterbacks in the draft this year, and I trust Pittsburgh to do right by their players. Um, you know, they're a team that Mike Tomlin has has earned his uh, you know, has earned the respect of of that he can turn something around because of all that he's done. But this might be his first sub five hundred year, which is saying a lot. You know, it's saying a lot, and I. I just don't I don't want people to to think that I'm giving up on pits because I'm not there. I was just never all in on the hype right, because right. I just I can't I can't get burned by another tight end. I would rather say, okay, I'm wrong on a tight end that that breaks out in the first three years mm-hmm. than than not because history shows that there's it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So there's gonna be guys that do and there's gonna be guys that I miss on, and so be it. You know, if I have yeah. to pay more to get somebody, then so be it. But but that's uh you know, you know, Kyle Pitts might have the arc of David Njoku, right? Like he was a first round pick in 2017, and here we are five years later, and he's finally like, you know, you know, a top now 10 dynasty tight end. Well, yeah, he's hurt now for two to five weeks. But what I'm saying is like, you know, now we're sort of fine. He's got a he's got a contract, he's gonna have Watson, he's a top 10, 12 dynasty wide receiver. Five years later, I don't think it'll take Pitts that long. One more thing, uh, Julia uh, says here, Atlanta is going to be bottom five. A quarterback hooker is going there. I'll tell you what, Julia, I know it's November, or just about to be November, but if Hendon Hooker is a top five overall pick in the NFL draft, I will cash app Zell you $100. Okay, so let's yeah, uh, he He's not the guy that I think a lot of people are going to go to, I, but that's why I use that example because she said that. But whoever yeah. – that they get and and maybe they wait and trade up and and you know get somebody later on or something i don't know i have a lot of respect for pittsburgh um as far as what they do as a organization i I mean they've been successful for a long time look what they did with noodle arm you know roethlisberger and we and everybody killed um killed pittsburgh for some of the trades they made and they were still a good team and they still came out of the draft with with good players and so i don't um I, i just i don't ever doubt I don't ever doubt that team. And that's why I still do believe in Pitts. And and I would probably where I have him, I'm still wanting full value because wait, I'm a little, I'm a little confused. You're talking about Pittsburgh, but oh, shoot. yeah, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Yeah. yeah sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. I I just, it's okay. Um, Pitts and Pittsburgh. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no Pitts. I'm, I'm not as high on because of Atlanta and Atlanta will, um, Atlanta will be a, a bottom five team and they will, uh, they will get a, a quarterback, but, but you've also got to hope that Arthur Smith is gone. Um, yeah. but yeah, as far as, as far as anybody on the Steelers goes, sorry, I got, my brain got Pittsburgh eyes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but anybody on that team, I, I trust in next year. That's actually a good team. If you're a rebuild to go look at and see what, what their lineup should look like next year, because they could have a bunch of players with a, with a good quarterback, um, coming up with Pickett and whatever. Um, but yes, I, I knew what I meant, but I got, I got my, my lines crossed. Um, but yes, I don't trust Arthur Smith. I don't trust Atlanta like that, but, um, but we will see what Atlanta does and, and hopefully Pitts gets back online. So um, real quick, uh, this made me think of Najee Harris, right? Underperforming person on that team that we trust to get better, but I was never really in love with him to begin with. Um, volume dependent, pretty inefficient, TD dependent. Um, the O-line isn't great, but, you know, we're saying the team will improve. Um, this foot thing is the foot thing. And, 
he got something taken out of his cleat that he said, you know, was kind of inhibiting him. Like for the first few weeks, they had this like thing in his cleat to like whatever, help his foot. And now he's okay without it. But he hasn't improved since getting it taken out of his cleat. He Is he not the type of guy that if you're in a rebuild and you're going to say you're ready to compete in 23, you're looking to grab? No, I'm yeah. looking to get away from him um, at all. Not at all costs. I'm holding if I'm a rebuilder until he has those two weeks and then everybody goes, oh, he's 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 good again. He, he's that guy. I made a trade this offseason where I sent him away and I was so nervous about it because it was a it was a good trade. But I didn't think it was going to go my way. Which brings me to another point. Don't try to win trades. Make your team better. Do Thank right you. you. And if you ever message me on Twitter at Voice and Fuego and you say, hey, did I win this trade? I will tell you no. Because <laughs> that is the wrong That's the wrong attitude to have. you got to make your team better. If your team's better, then yes, you won the trade. What if their team got better too? So what? Did your team get better? Are you going to compete now? Are you closer to competing? Then that's what you need to do. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so um, – but yeah, just kind of wrapping it back around. I just, I don't trust Najee as much as I just did go off on that. I got my brain fried and, and, and got my pits confused. Um, I, um, I don't believe in Najee Harris. I think there's something there. I think there's something wrong. Um, I think, I think the Warren smoke is, is real, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think, I think there's something there. And, um, this isn't a team that, pays anybody really i mean i guess i guess they gave roethlisberger a good contract but we we've seen how they run their organization they're not gonna they're not gonna make a, a big deal so he's got it i don't know what year of contract he's in but you know they're not afraid to to find out what the next guy is so if mm-hmm. he if he breaks out for a couple weeks i would i would definitely look yeah. to uh to see if you can get moved on from him yeah um absolutely uh, uh julia uh commenting here um the win for your team rather than, than win the trade. Now, listen, we've, we've talked here all pretty much all episode about dynasty being the long game and that you're acquiring people, you're flipping them, you're thinking about market value and all that. So I understand that dynasty is the long play and it's somewhat like a stock market, but people treat it like that in a very cold, narrow way, way too much. They want to win every trade ROI, max value and it's like bruh just you know make a trade that improves your situation you know and and let's 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 stop with this thing you're not an nfl gm you're not some you know brooks brothers suit day trader like make a damn trade i know we're we're up against it but i do want to say on that she said that it usually correlates that if you win the the if you win for your team you win the trade not always because you might be trading away you know like wide receiver this would be a bad example because if you ever made this trade, people would, would laugh you ridiculously. But if you really needed running backs, say you were you were say Brees Hall was still healthy and you traded Justin Jefferson for Brees Hall. Actually, people might be okay with that. You don't typically want to trade the top wide receivers for a top running back for all the injury reasons we've talked about. But if a healthy Brees Hall was somebody that you could get because you had to have a running back, you know, Justin Jefferson may have the better career. He may be the better player every year for the next 10 years, he may be the most value, the more valuable player in the trade. But if that move made your team 15 points a week better or 10 points a week better, and it led to you winning and getting the playoffs and making some money, then, then you may have lost that trade, but you won for your team. So they don't always correlate. There are times that you've got to look at it. You got to, you know, obviously you got to be scoped on it, but narrow down and, and do what's best for your team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, do what's best for your team is a, is a good way uh, to end. 
So uh, let's see. We're going to close things out here and land the plane. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening on the Going For Two live podcast audio feed. If you're here on YouTube, either live or watching us later, uh, please subscribe to the Going For Two live channel. Give a thumbs up on the video. It really helps us. And turn on those notifications so uh, Going For Two live videos uh, get uh, pushed out to you uh, and uh, and you're, you're in the loop. Uh, also, uh, time for plugs. Uh, Troy, where can uh, people uh, find you these days and, and your work? Uh, Voice in Fuego on Twitter really is the best place. Um, I am going to start doing some stuff with my YouTube. It's not branded well because you can't change the, the names on them right now. Um, I can drop it into the comments on the YouTube, but on this YouTube, but I'm going to start doing some stuff with my YouTube, but keep an eye on my, um, on my, uh, my Twitter voice in Fuego. That's the best place to find me. And I, I typically, I don't always see for whatever reasons, I don't get my alerts for Twitter, but, um, if you, if you ask me a question, I will get back to you. Typically, if I'm not working on Sundays, I get back pretty quick because I'm watching Twitter closely on Sundays. So I'm always out there to help. I love to help. I'm going to start doing a positive focus every morning on my YouTube channel, just something two to five minutes, maybe less than that, that you can watch. And maybe it'll make you feel good about, um, about your day and, and help you find that mental health bump that we all need sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, Kyle checking in, uh, telling us a great show. Uh, and Julia also uh, checking in that we've uh, landed on a stellar show. Uh, you can find me at FFJunkie underscore on Twitter. Uh, my dynasty rankings are on goingfor2.com. I will write the occasional article there uh, on, on goingfor2.com. I'm more of an off-season writer than I am uh, an in-season uh, writer. You can find me uh, on the Dynasty Fever podcast, audio only, which drops on Thursdays at Dynasty Fever Pod on Twitter. Follow all the Going For Two family of content, uh, goingfor2.com, uh, going for underscore two on Twitter, going for two live on Twitter. And of course, we got a podcast every day of the week for you. We have our Sunday morning pregame and then at least one podcast every night of the week. One-stop shopping for all your needs. Uh, DFS, Dynasty, Redraft, including the one coming up uh, in a few minutes, a pre-recorded uh, version of our IDP podcast, Cover Zero. Stay tuned for that. And so that's a wrap. Thanks for being with us, Troy. Thank you so much for coming on and, and, and bringing that knowledge and that enthusiasm. It was really great uh, being with you tonight. Thank you for having me.